1: One-size-fits-all seems like a good idea for clothes, until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: Hello, and welcome to an World Podcast with me, Rick Pearson. And me, Ben Hobson. This week we're speaking with Jimmy Watkins about running and sobriety. Ben, you've just returned from Legoland. How was it? (laughs) What
3: a fantastic segue. <laughs> uh I was quite sober some of the time during Legoland. Um yeah, it's great. That was our first uh family holiday since the addition of child number two. So we got out and we've got friends who've just moved over to Denmark because they've got a job at Lego. Imagine that.
2: Ooh, wow.
3: Alright. So yeah, I got to go and see some excellent friends and have a fantastic time and the kids went insane. So yeah, it was good.
2: Did you do any running? But, mate, it was Denmark? it
3: was I packed running kit. And it didn't get used because time was of an essence. Uh, and I have got slightly dodgy knee at the moment. But still, I could have gone out for a little trot if I'd been so inclined. But I wasn't because we were out and about all day long. But there were some nice places to run. I'm a bit sad. Retrospectively, I regret not going out because there were some good little routes Everything, I love the everything. You pack
2: kit. You at least pack kit. I,
3: I, t- I had the great intentions, which I feel was like ninety <laughs> yeah. percent of the whole thing. Anyway, um, but yeah, when you go some, when you go to countries who've got like <clears throat> infrastructure and uh, areas which are completely like everything's residential, pedestrianised or cycling. Like it's yeah, you immediately go like, oh wow, there's some good run routes around here. Even all the holiday parks have like route. You could see little signposts which had like 2k's and a 5k and all that sort of stuff loops like Man, posted out you so you could get there with the family and then there was like you know routes you could go and run around around the, the place so there you go it was Lovely. ace it was good how are you Excellent. what's been going on
2: uh, well uh didn't i didn't do park run for the first week in about 4 weeks cause i've been sort of going around with the buggy i've become the, the buggy runner yes. at park run um but yeah went for um just a nice little uh I mean all my runs are quite short distance at the minute, so yeah, only like sort of five miles quite um slow pace. But um yeah, I'm kinda of back to running, yeah, three times a week. Obviously we were running together on oh, Thursday because we got back into the office. Absolute dream. Um, so that was nice. So yeah, I feel like it's uh it's yeah, I'm not I'm not really pushing any um any limits at the minute. Um I but don't think any, any of us are. Great, yeah, it's great to uh <laughs> it's great to be running regularly. Um oh, I tell you what, Ben, yep. we've got another we've got another letter we've got another letter
3: oh yes a
2: letter I'm going to read you the latest one Um, I'll have to do an edited version it was a lovely letter but it's quite long to read out just in one go it's from Roseanne McEwen. the abridged version uh, yeah abridged she is British but she's living over um, in the US and she said, uh, "Your podcast helped me to get a, a Boston qualifying time. What? Um, How have we yeah. done that? <laughs> yes, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll be honest. I think Ro- Roseanne really sort of did this herself. But um, <laughs> the big thing she said—let's take uh, some credit. She said we did. She, yeah, she, yeah. She said we helped out. And the big thing was um, that she listened to Jane's advice about lapping each mile oh, good. On, during the marathon, yeah. which was really helpful." Taking the fuel and just keeping uh, pace, and I kept repeating to myself, "Trust your training." Oh, that's the mantra that we all needed. We need to get t-shirts made of trust training. But yeah, um, fair play to Roseanne. Yeah, Boston qualifying time, and uh, yeah, really, really good run. And we helped in a in a very very small way, I think.
3: Oh well, Jane will be back next week, so hopefully we'll uh, we can get her
2: take on that. We've got an amazing guest on this week, Jimmy Watkins. He's been on before in other in other guises because he's a man of of many hats. Yes, he's he's you know he's He was an 800 meter runner for for team gb back in the day and then he also has fronted various um pretty successful bands uh his current one i think they're called the the vega bodegas and he's um he's a founder of this uh, running punks who are like running sort of community um but we thought we'd get him on to talk about uh sort of running and sobriety because he's he's been sober now for about i think about three years um he's got some interesting stuff to to say on the matter. So should we should we get on our guest of the week? Yeah, let's do it. Guest of the week here in the studio. Guest of the week.
3: Sometimes on the phone. Could be an athlete. Could be a
2: physio or a complete unknown. Right, before we begin, Jimmy, on, on we're talking about um running and, and sobriety, were you, were you doing the Clenefflee half yesterday?
4: Yeah, I did it yesterday. How'd it go? It was amazing. So they were um, a load of running punks. I don't know the official number in the end, but I made it a thing where I just ran with as many people as I could. So I ran maybe like a mile further than a half because I kept going back and checking people who were okay. But honestly, it was amazing. It was, I don't know. I don't even know what I was expecting, but everything that just happened, it just blew my mind. We had a running punk he ran here with a baguette in his hand (laughs) just just for no reason he just turned up with a baguette
3: hey there'll be a a scientific report somewhere (laughs) soon that will say that's the best nutrition strategy
4: (laughs) and it was just we were noisy we were i don't know i was thinking maybe we'll be annoying for everybody but everybody just seemed to love it and yeah it's been so good for running punks
2: oh that's great what's a collective noun of running punks what do you call what is it I think it's a riff. A ri- Oh, that's oh, good. Oh, yeah, that's we like cool. that. I think it's
4: a riff of punks. I, th- I I mean, yeah, there's lots of swear words you could use, but we I think we decided yesterday a riff was a nice one. For the, for for those listening, tell us about Running Punks. Running Punks, uh it is ah oh, good gosh. Um so it I guess it started with like my merging of my love of music and my love of running. Uh and initially it was me and my friend Rodri. We it was our idea and I think we kind of saw ourselves as the big hairy bikers of the running world, we just thought it would just be me and him, we would be the running punks and we would do things like, I don't know run races and just I don't know, eat pies and stuff and that was our idea, it was just going to be me and him the running punks and I guess it just it just caught on as soon as people started seeing what we were doing and our ethos to running where running was for everybody, it really just struck a chord yeah. to use another musical reference but People just I don't know. It just made things seem easier for a lot of people and it made them taking that first step.
2: Like it became no problem for a lot of people then. That's it. It's huge it's huge now, Jimmy. I think yeah, you've really like tapped into a market there of people who wouldn't necessarily go and sign up to just trad- traditional running club, but the mu- the musical association, the fact the amount of joy that you like put into it and how and how fun and cool it is I think, yeah, there's, there's a real... I mean, it's, it's pretty big now. I don't know what the numbers are, but it's, it seems like a big... Certainly <laughs> online, yeah. It's big, yeah. yeah. It's big. Yeah. <laughs> um, And it's growing every week. The virtual run club gets bigger every week.
4: I think what we do, or what we've... And it wasn't it wasn't really deliberate, but what we just tapped into was we're a bunch of runners who care more about what's going on inside the runner than mm. what they're wearing, than mm. than what they're showing on the outside. We We really care about how running let people become like a good version of themselves not not necessarily a fitter and faster person but just a better version of themselves and we all, I was running with people yesterday they never met we were talking about like what happens after you die uh <laughs> it, when's the world gonna end why are my kids so annoying we were just yeah, it was yeah. just such an open <laughs> chat none of us mentioned how fast we were going yeah. there was no talk of oh should we slow it down but we just run in and we just chat in and then I, like I said, I would just go and I'd push on for a little bit, run with another group. And the conversation was the same. The conversation was the same. It, it was just, we were running, but not talking about running. we were talking about just things we love and things that are not yes.
2: No, oh, it's great. Like uh, a uh, knitting circle.
0: <laughs>
4: Sweaty um,
2: knitting circle. Am, right? yeah. am I right in thinking, Jimmy, that the, the kind of the start of running punks coincided roughly with you kind of deciding to, to knock drinking on the head and, and give up alcohol? I think the start of Running Punks coincided with me realising that
4: I needed to be a better person. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was, and the plan, I think I've tried to quit alcohol for the best part of a decade. And I kind of, I had no reason to do it really until Running Punk started and it became this thing that I could see was helping other people. Um, and I, I just from chatting to Running Punks online, I could see people were saying things, Like they felt better for having one night off the drink and running on a Saturday morning. So kind of me and Rodri just naturally took on this responsibility to look after the running punks community. And for me, it made sense for me to really do everything I could to become a good role model and look after myself. And it just it just made sense to stop drinking. And all of a sudden I thought I can do this now because I've got a reason to do it. You know, I'm not one of those people that if I get told off, I I take it on and I suddenly stop doing something. Yeah, so yeah. telling me off for drinking too much doesn't work; it, just, <laughs> it would make me drink more. But people showing you love yeah. and appreciate what you do, then you think, "Oh, right, okay, I'm actually a decent person." So I, let's let's keep on being more decent. Did your I mean, was your relationship with alcohol? Like
3: uh, I don't know, people, I, whatever whatever term you would put on it. Were you alcoholic? Were you just uh, an alcohol abuser, or did you just enjoy alcohol to, the, but probably a bit
4: much? I think I was all three. I was all three definitely. There were stages where I was definitely an alcoholic. Things like I I wouldn't be able to go in a pub to meet friends unless I was already drunk. You know, I, I relied on alcohol a lot just just for social situations. Really odd things as well, you know, like being on tour with a band, I relied on alcohol just to get me through a tour, it was weird, there's no need, there's no need, I, was, I should have been having fun anyway but, you know, I felt like the, the alcohol, I, I thought the alcohol allowed me to be uh, a more exciting person to be around, a more interesting person to be around and that, that's when it became a real problem, I couldn't imagine myself in situations unless I was drunk uh and but then i I definitely drank because I was high on life I was feeling really good, and I thought the alcohol would just make that even better and yeah, and I abused it as well, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I turned up to work drunk and stuff, so yeah, yeah exactly, I, yeah,
2: it wasn't the best I think that is that's an interesting thing, isn't it that I think one of the reasons that might um hold some people back from from maybe giving up alcohol is they think it they might become less interesting <laughs> yeah you know, i'm I'm a better laugh after a few beers, that kind of thing was that. How big a worry was that for you? And what's and what's actually been the reality of, of giving up drink on that front?
4: That was a massive worry for me. I was convinced that unless I drank alcohol, I nobody would want to talk to me because I don't do small talk. I've always struggled with small talk and I felt without small talk, I, I'm nothing. I've got nothing to say. Uh, so one of the biggest things I realized when I stopped drinking was kind of, I know this sounds really weird, but connecting with how sensitive i was as a person. Mm. To mm. Yeah. And i allowed myself to feel sad and I, I, by doing that i was noticing that in the past when i felt that that kind of sadness coming on i would drink and i wouldn't confront wherever it was it was making me sad and you know nearly 2 years later now i've come to realize that being sad is a lot better than being anxious.
3: Got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: So, uh yeah, i've embraced how sensitive i am as a person and Doing the running reviews has really made me realise that
2: when I am sober, I do have interesting things to say. Oh, to be honest, <laughs> oh, the, the running reviews are just just amazing. I'm sure like everyone listening would, you know, a lot of people would be familiar with them. But um, yeah, just uh, I mean, they've really caught off, right? I mean, they they've, been, they've made like the you know national TV and all the rest of it.
4: Yeah, and I mean, still talking about that thing about uh, worrying what you were like as a sober person. Honestly, the running reviews they are fun, but they did make me realise that. I could do this when I was sober. Mm. Yeah, do you know what I mean I I could do funny things <clears throat> as a sober person. So they were they were a massive driving force behind like stopping drinking, definitely. And yeah, they've they've caught on a lot. And the the running reviews it scares me sometimes. I I did one recently for self esteem, and I referenced a bit of music to like the Blue Disney Birds, right. And as I was editing the video, I can't, I was thinking, I can't put that in. And I listened to the bit of music again. And I was like, well, it does. To me, it sounds like the Blue Disney Birds, that, that little bit of music. I was thinking, I can't put it in. It's ridiculous. And then she <laughs> she saw the review, Shady, and she said, how you picked up on that is crazy because I used that as a reference in the studio. Oh, so well, like, there you it's, go. It's so... what. I th- I'm convinced that when you're running and shouting, you tap into some weird, <laughs> yeah. universal subconsciousness. Definitely, <laughs> it's, it's spooky.
3: But we've had we've, whenever we've had a create anyone who's creative on, like a comedian or a musician or something like that. Running is a very much like that. That point of um, probably more lucid. Or, or even an idea time when like they'll be they'll use running as that moment to be creative a bit more because your mind can wander and you know the I don't know endorphins or whatever allows you to be a bit more sort of like engaged with what you're doing so i think to do the review whilst you're running i mean that's got to be that's the coming together of those two things
2: right <laughs> yeah
4: totally totally definitely and i got to the point now where i'm not worried about not having anything to say i used to worry about oh maybe i won't have anything to say today and i just Trust the whole process, the running and kind of putting yourself on the... Because I I try to run quite hard, not too hard. When I first started them, I was running really hard, but I can't do that like two or three times a week anymore. So I try and run quite hard. And I know there's this sweet spot where you're running and you're hitting a bit of fatigue and just your brain just loosens up and you don't worry if something is a silly thought. You you just don't worry about it. You just say it. And yeah, the running reviews has helped me be more creative. With everything, with songwriting and everything, it's just made me trust my my the way my brain works. Yeah, your instincts. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 your yeah. instincts.
2: Yeah. What what impacted um, uh, going sober have on your running? Because I guess it's like I mean, when we talk about like you know the great runners, they're all pretty much sober, aren't they? So I imagine it was very positive. Yeah, it, it made. I was speaking to Lowry Morgan yesterday. You know Lowry Morgan. I heard the name? Uh,
4: yeah. Ultra runner, Welsh ultra runner. Okay, I'm, right. I met her yesterday for the first time. And we've, we've been in touch online a lot. And she was asking me about you know, what's the biggest uh, positive to going sober. And it's not worrying about rest days. Yeah. Right, <laughs> honestly, okay. I can take three days off now and then I start running again. I feel the same as I did before I took the rest. But when I was drinking those three days off, I would kind of, I'd probably drink a little bit more. And then I would feel worse as a result. And I would panic after three days off. Oh, i got loads of catching up to do. But honestly, I can take days off and I, I feel the same. Yeah. It's, mm. it's mad. It's kind of you're not you're not afraid to just relax. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's that's interesting.
3: Yeah, um, okay. The name of Running Punks I find interesting because obviously, like, if you think about punk and a movement, that was quite an indulgent thing, you know. Like, there's a whole attitude around being a punk, and I guess if we're talking about like consumption and alcohol and all those sorts of things, that's part of the scene. You know, and then running is obviously, like, actually quite, it's quite good for you. Whereas, you know, being <laughs> yeah. a punk, I've heard, isn't particularly that great for you. It's so, <laughs> so. Look, what look at Johnny Rotten, look at him. Yeah, yeah. so it's kind of, happening. I mean, what is it, sort of anti-establishment, kind of, like, elements of punk and that that you thought running had the sort of same vibe to it?
4: I, I think it's funny, because I think if you ask any of the running punks, they probably have a slightly different answer. And for me, a running punk is... You know, because the bands I played in were kind of punk and it was all about when you're gigging and touring, it was all about adapting to the venue you played in every night. There was always something wrong. There was always something wrong with the venue. And I've always thought the one thing that really wrecked my head when I was a proper athlete was routine being disrupted or things... Like my plans falling apart, like maybe little things like you race in Lithuania and they've got sparkling water instead of still water. And I'd be like, oh, that's it. That's it. I can't. Oh, that's it now. one forty-six out the window. It's not going to happen. And running punk for me, I try and remind myself that nothing's going to go to plan. But all that means is that you can just make each run or each race kind of unique to see what circumstances you are in then. So it's really helped me with like not, not to get obsessed with running again, not to fast like get fixated on my Strava fitness and stuff. So that that's what running punks is for me. It's like just take it every day as it is. Wherever it comes at you, just make sure you get out and do your run and you do it to the best of the circumstances around you. But it's definitely like an anti-establishment thing as well, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's got to be. Yeah, Yeah. But, that's it. Like,
3: but then any sort of group that gathers together and it's all focused on, you know, having a nice time, like that in itself is separate, different from a traditional running club, isn't it? I mean, I'm, that's it a is. massive statement against traditional running clubs. But you know what you know what I mean. You know what I mean. But you it know is. What I mean. Yeah, yeah. I just
4: yeah. started laughing then because I thought about what I wrote for my allergies on the back of my number yesterday, and I've got shoe, <laughs> shoe reviews and completely. <laughs> so, is there anyone? The, is there, any, is there like, Has anyone? Have you ever been approached
3: to do a review and you've said absolutely not?
4: What a band. Yeah. No. No. I. I. I I lead everybody down the path. I say, yeah, I'll do it. And then if I don't listen to it, I just never put it online. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Chris
3: Martin's waiting. <laughs>
4: but, yeah, yeah. I've had I've had uh, people suggest that you should do more negative reviews because they'll kind of get a good reaction. Oh, but I see. That, that's not what I'm doing, is no. it? Yeah, it's, I think you're right. It's a joyful thing, isn't it, when you do it? Yeah, I did a few negative reviews in the past and they did go down well. But then I just kept thinking... Like, oh, imagine I went on holidays and I was thinking, this is a really nice holiday. And then the drummer from that band rocks up. Mm. <laughs> that's my holiday ruined just because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was taking cheap shots <laughs> to someone. So, yeah, if I, if I don't like it, I'll just knock the camera off after two or three songs. Right. Have a nice run. Yeah, that's good. This is the Runner's World Podcast.
1: Ready to pop the question?
2: earlier like you you prefer to be to have sad moments rather than be anxious and I I think the the relationship between alcohol and anxiety is a really interesting one because I think a lot of people who are anxious maybe drink a little bit and and that kind of cures it in the short term but then obviously the next day the hangover can just be a really sort of panicky anxious time for people I'm talking slightly from my own experience about that actually but um what was it what is it like for me do you feel like you are a less anxious person as a result of not drinking yeah definitely 100 percent
4: one one of the big turning points to getting healthy again. So you know, when I started running, it wasn't my plan. wasn't to stop drinking. My plan was just to start running and start exercising again. And one of the things that triggered that was a, a panic attack with a hangover. Mm. I had this hangover and I was in the house on my own, and I just started thinking about thinking about things that oh, my brain didn't want to go down there. And then yeah, and then it was just getting worse and worse. And then maybe I was just sitting on a sofa for ten minutes, but in ten minutes, I'd gone from having the house to myself around about Christmas time and watching a film to being in the shed, having a panic attack. And it was totally due to the fact that I was hungover. The fact that I had like three or four hours sleep. Uh, There was bits of the night out I couldn't remember. I spent way too much money and it just put me in this really, like kind of like fragile place I shouldn't have been in. Uh, And yeah, since I've stopped drinking, just like the anxiety is still there, but I've come to see it more as, like uh, excitement instead of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they also, they're, they're kind of similar feelings, aren't they? The you feeling's know. the same. And I'll, and I'm um, because maybe because you're not hungover, you can like rationalize with yourself a bit more. And I just think, well, this isn't anxiety. This is probably just, I'm excited about something. Hmm. Uh, and then I'll just try and find out what it is that's bugging me, that's making me excited. And I'll go out and do something silly then. I'll <laughs> go.
2: No, that's a much more that's a much healthier way of, of looking at, it, not it? I think, um, like you say, if you can kind of reframe anxiety as excitement, that's kind of a, quite a powerful thing to be able to do. I think. Yeah, and
4: and if you if you over and you can't remember parts of your night, that's really hard to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's really hard to just yeah. say. No, I'm not anxious. I'm really excited about that window I probably yeah. smashed last yeah. night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh,
3: <laughs> <I'm> 10, really- <laughs> ten or twelve. Who cares about those two hours of the night? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm
4: really excited about what I might have done. Yeah, yeah. it's really exciting me. <laughs>
3: Do you think that, um, especially you know, uh, the British culture? But do you think that it romanticizes alcohol? I mean, uh, you know, I, I I would say it does. But I mean, I want to get your take on it. And and do you think we need to start educating people a bit more on the dangers of it or potential dangers?
4: Yeah, I I think so. I I think it really does. And I think the the problem we've got is just in this country, we like where you're brought up is can be so different to where other people are brought up and. And and just kind of knowing how they look at the things which are bad for you, but they kind of celebrate them. So like being from the valleys, the Welsh valleys, drinking is a massive thing. It's like such, a, you know, I remember coming back from tour in Australia and I was really tired. I'd literally just come back and I went out with my family and my uncle was at the bar and he's like, do you want a pint? I said, like, "Oh, can I get um, like a Jack Daniels and Coke? Just cause I haven't got a head on me for a pint right mm-hmm. now. It'll probably set me to sleep. And the straight man's like, what's the matter with you? Well, yeah, just right. get a pint, down you? I was, so I ended up having to drink a pint when I really didn't want to. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's so weird. Yeah. It's such a strange, uh, I think people will call it a weird flex. Yeah, yeah. Such a weird flex to celebrate <laughs> drinking. Um, But f- for me, it's like, if you go sober, it's like all of a sudden you, your life has got loads of hill sprints. You've got personality hill sprints. And I think <laughs> the more time you can spend as a sober person, you just get stronger and, you you know, you just become better at things. And I, I think, yeah, it takes practice just like hill sprints do, but you will get the gains and you will be able to just go into social situations anyway and just be like, look, I don't drink and I don't want to, and I'm not going to, you're not going to make me. And I, I've had to do that a few times. Yeah. Particularly now pubs are open. I've had to just say, look, I don't drink and I'm not, I'm really not interested in doing it. But it, yeah, it is definitely celebrated and romanticised. Does it, is it cost
3: you any relationships?
4: <laughs> um, no. Not at all. Not at all. No, it's, I think <laughs> there's a, there's a few people who, who friends I kind of lost because of my drinking. And I think I automatically assumed they'd all come back when they realized I didn't drink yeah. anymore, but they haven't. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> oh no, it was just your personality. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was just me.
2: <laughs> I, I thought it was the booze, but it was just me. They just didn't like me anymore. What, what, uh, about, the, what about the running punks though, Jimmy? Because I get a sense that there's, they're a sizable minority of running punks who are, who are sober as well, maybe have had a similar kind of relationship with alcohol that, that you've had.
4: Yeah, we, we did a sober September. We tried to do as many people together. I thought, like, let's, just, let's just see how many... Because I know lots of people give up for October anyway. They call it Stoptober. So I thought maybe let's just give them another month in the build-up so they can see what it's like. And yeah, a lot of people joined in. And yeah, the, I think you find lots of people have very similar relationships with alcohol because... It's it's the same poison. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Then it goes back yeah. to
3: that point of it being slightly ingrained in the culture. Yeah, yeah, totally, yeah. yeah. Totally. So you know, you grew up. I grew up in a rural area, and the moment you go, the the park changes from being a place you play as a kid to <laughs> yeah. a place where you <laughs> yeah. sit in the evenings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> have you Have you ever, thought, Ben? Have you ever thought about like changing your relationship with alcohol? Or yeah,
3: up? I mean, I have done. I've done long periods of without um i think because you definitely realize when you get older that it is really bad for you i think that that's kind of like when you say and we talk about i never had like crippling i never like the anxiety never reached like really bad levels but everyone on that hangover when you've gone too far and you can't remember bits of the night you're like well that's terrible like i've done enough to my brain for it to not be able to do one of its yeah. major functions like yeah. that's that's pretty impressive you know like it does like a couple my brain does a couple of things automatically one's keeping me breathing one's remembering (laughs) stuff
2: and you've just turned it off and i've managed to turn it off
3: you know so that's not great so yeah i've absolutely had a a few moments i've I've done i think the longest i had was about six seven months maybe eight months yeah Yeah, and that was not off the back of i mean in, in no way have i ever got to the point where i think that my relationship with alcohol has been detrimental to my life um I've probably drunk too much that's for sure but I'm not it's not a consistent I mean I, I probably drink at the weekends really and that's about it uh and certainly yeah not a massive pub go or all those sorts of things but you know I've, I've also had those periods of life when I've binged excessively so there's you know it's yeah. sort of ebbs and flows but I could do without it now I think I could probably get away with doing without it. I like a nice glass of red, dough with some food. I've got to that point, like
0: yeah.
4: So um, the end is in sight when you get yeah. I think that's it. Then I got to get whiskey
3: under the
2: under the, and then I'm done. So (laughs) do you
4: know what? Funnily enough, yeah, whiskey was like my last big thing. Hmm. And then I remember drinking whiskey out of a paper bag on a train. And I thought, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm coming at the end. this is a bad look. I've nearly, complete, nearly completed this now. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm on the last level.
3: Just got that just got big boss at the end to get rid of, and then you're all right. <laughs> yeah.
4: What about you, Rick,
3: though? Uh,
2: yeah, I think that I am... Um, certainly how how stressed I am has affected how much I've drunk yeah, yeah. in the past and how quickly I've drunk as well. I used to notice when I was during a quite a stressful period of work, I would... yeah. I'd be like the the guy who's finished quickest on the pint, and also started thinking very much about the next pint while drinking. So I didn't even necessarily enjoy the pint I was drinking. I was starting to think, wouldn't it be good to get another one in? And um and I don't think it was ever uh, like a hugely problematic for me, but I I, I, don't, I can absolutely see how it could have become that. And I think um yeah, actually one of the nice things about being a dad for me is that actually the chance to get to get drunk it, it's it reduces a bit really. Um, yeah. So I've probably been drunk you know three like four times in, in the last year yeah. which is considerably less than i would have been and that that's definitely coincided with a, a period of much more happiness and and less anxiety for me as well so i do think that there is um i can see the relationship there and i'm kind of a little envious of jimmy for going the full, going full sober terrible. actually and i can see the difference it's made to you jim as well it's really really obvious that it's been a great decision for you to do it so i think um maybe there are a lot more people out there who might consider at least sort of reframing their relationship yeah. with, with alcohol, I think. Yeah, I think I had to reframe it so much it was no longer in a frame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just had to did, it did, did you think, though, floor. that actually you were the kind of person that it's kind of easier just to stop rather than to try and be like a moderate? Definitely, because the the way
4: I would guzzle alcohol, I just guzzle other things now. So I'm, yeah. I'm a proper <laughs> chocolate bar fanatic. Oh, mate, that's the next level. I'm, <laughs> that's me. i have like four or five chocolate bars a day, <laughs> man, which is crazy that that's, is really out of hand I've got a multi-pack next to me there um, but yeah I, I am that kind of really addictive personality and mm. the, yeah the thought of doing one or two drinks mm. is just nah there's no no that's not happening but I, I also didn't do the thing where I tipped out all the alcohol in the house I've still got all the booze mm. yeah. here it's still yeah. here yeah, yeah. and most people are like, oh, if you're going to do it, tip it out. As if that's the first step. Yeah, yeah. Mm. First thing you have to do is, like, deny yourself it. Well, you're going to get I'm more like, no. if you want it that bad. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, are you going to hide all the supermarkets as well? <laughs> 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 Turns out all the alcohol in the world was in my kitchen. <laughs> it has gone. <laughs> um, yeah, and everyone's like, Yeah, oh, you know, you've got to deny
2: yourself it. But it's like, no, it, just live with it. You've got to learn to live with it. It's all around. So, you've, you've, you've I think you've, you've said this already, but... I was going to ask you what the biggest advantage of, of giving up booze is and, and you, I guess you said that you, you could have rest days but is there other, is there maybe a more kind of general life advantage to giving up for you?
4: Yeah, I can read books late at night. Well, that's a good <laughs> yeah. one. That's a, that's good. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I've, I've got a Kindle and I always said I was never going to get a Kindle but someone bought me a Kindle and reading a book in the dark is one of my favourite things with a Kindle because, yeah, I, c- I couldn't read when I was even tipsy so I can do that. Um, I guess kind of um it's given me like a real hunger to find out what what i'm capable of as a human and what hum- other humans are capable of because um it's just, I'm just fascinated. i just fascinate i'm constantly fascinated that i spent so long under the grip of this thing mm. and it had mm. such a control over my personality the way i thought the decisions i made that i'm now just like constantly fascinated about what decisions you can make as a sober person and what the mind is capable of in in that kind of way i don't know if that i don't know if that makes sense but it's given me like a real hunger to read about things i've never read before do you know what i mean yeah. it's like well you get used I, I to your like thought
3: I've, processes being done whilst inebriated so you're kind of yeah. like that's your you know you're actually thinking in a, your your whatever pathways will be different because your like cognitive processes are different
4: totally yeah and I, like i'm i'm reading things about uh experiments with lsd you know ufos everything i'm just things that i would have probably not thought about getting involved in when i was a drinker it was like no i've got five minutes to read a book i'll read a bit of this but now it's like oh look i've got i get all this extra time to read i can just spend a few hours a night reading about some random topic i don't know little things like that are just big changes for me um and yeah i just i just feel better i just i just feel like my face looks better yeah
2: (laughs) What, what about the um, because I, I guess this is a little <laughs> off topic with running, but like the the relationship between alcohol or kind of drugs, recreational drug use as um, a whole and creativity? Because often we think, oh, look, you know, the reason these these people were, were great is because they were off their heads, or you know, look at Keith Richards, he's fantastic and he was pissed the whole time, blah blah blah. Um, yeah, what's been the reality for you? Do you actually feel like you've been more creative as a result of being sober?
4: Much more creative. Um, I don't actually, it's weird because. Yeah, overall, it's more creative. But I've come to understand the creative process more. I've come to understand that there's levels to be being creative. And when I was a drinker, I I thought creativity was, like, all about inspiration. Like, bam, that's my idea. That's it. Done. Job done. Because that idea came out of nowhere. But now I'm learning to, like, sit with ideas and think, that's a cool idea, but it isn't necessarily the best idea. And I'm learning to work through creativity uh, more as, like, not a job, but like a checklist of things just to make sure I'm getting the most out of the ideas I'm having. Whereas in the past it would be kind of like, that's fine, that'll do. Right. First okay. idea, yeah. best ideas, done. Yeah. But um and I definitely think now with the music we write in and, and the lyrics I'm writing, I would never have done things like that when I was drinking. You know, I I wouldn't have spent the time on it. Yeah, right. And it's kind of like across my whole life without having alcohol, I've just become a lot more patient. It's made me a lot more patient and I think maybe that's because c- I'm no longer like on edge I'm no longer like keen to just go down the pub I'm, I'm happy just, just to sit with thoughts I'm happy just to sit with people and listen to them talk like let them talk instead of talking over and I think that's just rubbed off on everything and particularly with creativity it's, I don't know like, I can just really focus on an idea and, and see you through till I think yeah that's cool
2: I'm happy with that now rather than being really impulsive I feel like you're the best advert Jimmy for going sober honestly <laughs> Because you're just like you're the same, you know. You're just as fun as like you 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 always were, but you just seem much happier. I think as a result of it, it's nice. I'm, yeah, I'm definitely happier,
4: definitely happier. And I, it's funny, like people like to correct you when you put so, when you put posts up about being sober, and people say, I get for people saying, yeah, don't forget that drunk Jimmy was still really cool, and we re, and there was good things about him. And it, it's like I'm not saying that I'm not saying I regret my life in the past, but I am. I'm just happy now. I've always been happy. But the happiness makes more sense to me now.
3: Yeah, yeah you know. Yeah, yeah. it's just, that's it. It's not. It's not a matter of like life doesn't come in compartments. It's not like that one bit that was that. There was one bit that you know. It's a it's a progression, isn't it? So maybe there was yeah. that bit. I'm still the same, but I'm just a bit. You know, there's different elements to it now. It's that sort of definitely. Yeah,
2: yeah definitely. But I think that's a good point. That I think possibly there's lots of people out there who don't give up because they're worried that I don't know. Like it's almost like having a drink is like being part of the the gang isn't it and kind of like going mm. yeah yeah yeah. you know i'm still drinking i'm not you know and it's kind of, i think it's unfortunate that it gets um it's as hard as as it is because it actually should be everyone's personal decision really to drink or not drink but yeah yeah there's it a lot of peer pressure I oh think, yeah still, but too. i mean
3: as well you know, like the moment you realize what people look like at 11
4: o'clock <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
2: was i like that
0: oh
3: jeez <laughs>
4: oh i know i know i've been to a few music festivals the past month as well and yeah when you i've stayed <laughs> out to like half past one two in the morning with people and i thought wow yeah, yeah. i was like that yeah that yeah. was me that yeah. was yeah. Yeah. that was me peeing yeah. against the bar <laughs> uh, but i i it's i don't know i don't even find it hard to be around drunk people i i don't i honestly don't mind and live music sounds better when you're totally sober I don't get in the mosh pit anymore. I kind of, I'm like this guy who stands at the back and I listen to everything, but I enjoy you more. And I, I generally enjoy nights out with people who, who are drinking, and I'm not. Does honestly doesn't bother me. Yeah, yeah.
3: well that's it good. I think that there can be an evangelical side to anyone changing a life thing that comes a bit more like, ah, oh, stop banging your drum. But I think it's, it's it's all about that personal. This is this is a better me, so I'm doing it.
4: Yeah, mate. Agreed. Exactly. And, and not only that, like I'm I'm aware that not only is there a better me but any group i'm in is a better group because i'm sober and i'm in that group yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah i have moments where i'm with a group of people and i just think i'm really happy i'm not drunk because this group of people are getting on really well and i would definitely spoil it if i was drunk <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah
2: so i just think it's good for everybody i'm gonna stay out so it's good for everybody yeah that's great. Jimmy, if, if people want to find out a bit more about um, running punks, where, where can they go to, uh, to join the community? Down the pub. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Mine's a pint. Um, we are on all the social media channels. Facebook. Oh, Twitter, yeah, I've heard of that one. Yeah. In- Instagram. Yeah. yeah, we're on yeah. all those. Constantly uh, bombarding you with stuff. And, yeah, I'm on there as uh, Biggie Timkins on Twitter and Nutbush Jimmy Limits on Instagram. Give me a shout. Lots of people message me for tips. It's fine. It's not a problem. I like doing it because one of the biggest things for me was to have someone who was sober who I could look up to. That was the big thing at the start for me. And just, you know, I'm not saying people have to look up to me, but just give me a shout and I can just, if you're in a situation, I've probably been in it and I can just tell you how I either
2: navigated around it or steamrolled through the middle of it. Jimmy, thanks so much for uh, for your time coming on the Runners World Podcast. It's always amazing to have you on and uh, obviously we we'll want to have you back at some, t- some point in the near future. Yes, please. So that brings us to the end of this week's Runners World Podcast. A huge thanks to our guest, Jimmy Watkins, and to you, of course, for listening. You can subscribe to three
3: issues of Runners World magazine for just £5. Head to hearstmagazines.co.uk slash Runners World podcast to, uh, to get this exclusive listener offer. Or just subscribe to the, ho- the whole magazine and just get all the issues. That's the best thing you can possibly oh, that's do. that's a big deal. It's a great deal. Um, you can listen to Runners World podcast on Acast, iTunes and all of your favourite podcast apps, just as you're doing right now. But most importantly, you should subscribe. It makes us feel great. Uh, thanks for listening and we will see you next week.